and the winds and waves obey him, just as you sang about. Thank you for singing those truths to us today, and appreciate all that participated in the music program today. Go take your Bible. We're turning to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. And we find ourselves now uh, in the text uh, at verse 4 and 5. Notice what it says. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say, rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Here we are. I, I don't know about you, but every time I preach, I've got one finger pointing out there, but I've got three fingers pointing back at me. And all of a sudden, I read this text this week, and it says, rejoice in the Lord. Now, I don't have a problem with rejoicing in the Lord. The problem is the word always. Rejoice in the Lord always. And he repeats it and says, and again I say, rejoice. He's not talking about happy, happy, happy. He's not talking about that life has to be filled with happiness or you fall down steps and you get up and say, praise the Lord, I'm so happy and rejoicing over that. He's saying about an inward joy that comes from a relationship with Jesus, knowing him and who he is, knowing his character and knowing that we can trust him in every circumstance, that he sees the end from the beginning. He always works good for his glory. Therefore, you and I can rejoice. I wrote down some things just, I mean, you can relate. You have your own list of things that have happened that you were wondering, am I really supposed to be rejoicing here? I um, got sick a couple of weeks ago. I, there was a, there's a compound uh, pharmacy over in Shalote, uh, North Carolina, and they make up a uh, something that you take when you get sick with what I had called the crud. You know, you know, I don't know. And here's the name of it. Carolina Crud Crusher. Crud, Carolina Crud Crusher. I, I took some of that. I don't know whether Baptist preachers are even supposed to be taking some of that or not. But uh, you take some of this stuff and you will be rejoicing. I'm just telling you that right now. <laughs> Yeah, Carolina Crud Crusher. I, I'm not advertising for it. I'm not asking you to drive to Shalote to pick you up some. I'm just saying that when you get sick, we try often remedies that are outside of what the scriptures teach as far as rejoicing not in medicine, but rejoicing in the Lord. Then I brought something else with me. Our, uh, our fan in our car went out, and uh, I'm often leery when I ride around and my wife is holding this in the passenger seat, uh, she, the, the fan, heater and, and air conditioning fan has gone out, so I saw those little four and a half shoes knocking up against there, trying to get it to work, and so I went and bought for $3, I bought this hammer. I'm, I'm, I'm concerned that she may turn it on me, though that's what I'm concerned about. But, uh, by the time that you think there's nothing going on, it gets cold and your heater fan doesn't work. So what, how do you solve it? Rubber hammer. Get a bigger hammer. Just get a bigger hammer. Most of us remember days, though, our car wouldn't start. Years ago, you took a hammer and you hit the solenoid 
on, how many of you know what I'm talking about? You take the, hit that solenoid or that the starter uh, and you'd, you'd hit that thing with a hammer and then you go back in there and that thing would crank right up. Sometimes you just had to slam the hood hard on it and you could get that thing to start up. When it, when it won't crank, the car won't crank, rejoice in the Lord. Always. And again, I say, rejoice. I had several other things I wrote down uh, today, just thinking about some news that we'd received over the last couple of weeks, several weeks. Uh, this, you have your own list. But I thought about, in all of this, I'm rejoicing. I'm supposed to rejoice. Sick or well, hot or cold, money in your pocket, we used to call it walking money. Some people call it mad money. Or some have none. Crazy drivers on the road. I, I, I think they're taking courses in driving crazy now. Have you noticed that? And no turn signals. No turn signals. They don't dim headlights anymore. No, nobody dims their headlights anymore. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Evangelist friend of mine said that he would pull out that big fifth wheel onto the interstate and he said people would come behind him and come beside him. They were blowing their horns because he was going so slow. He said, I don't know what they held up on their hand, but whether they were telling me that I'm number one or they were showing me their IQ, but something they did. And in the midst of all of that, we're supposed to be rejoicing in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. Then I wrote down, what happens when you go to your car, it happened to us here recently, and the actuator has broken on the, on the passenger door and you can't get in on the driver's side. Those of us that grew up, though, as teenagers, we crawled in through the window anyhow, or we had to go in on the other seat. We had to go. The first car I had, I couldn't get in on the driver's side. We had to go in on the passenger side and jump across to get it. I mean, we all knew how to do that. But at 73 years of age, we kind of wonder about it. But it happens. Life is filled. If you, this week, just this week, we all had things happen that we were reminded now. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Then um, waiting in line at the DMV. I waited on the phone this week, called Social Security to change from one account to another my Social Security check. They said, your wait time will be one hour and three minutes. I was preparing on this message. I just about got the whole thing finished. Just <laughs> one hour and three minutes on the telephone. If you want to talk to so-and-so, press this, press that. And then uh, if you, you, we can help you if you will leave the last four digits of your Social Security number. What was your mama's maiden name? What was your daddy's name? I mean, they say that stuff so fast, I can't even remember who my mama was. <laughs> in the midst of all of that, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Praying in the ICU unit or whether at the gym, or a relative now that has a house that won't sell, they can't sell it, or the closing date has been put off. All of these things are very real to us. 
a relative who said that their macular degeneration in their eye has decreased in the eye. They're no longer seeing as well out of one eye as they were before. Please pray. A pastor called and said, I'm resigning in two weeks from my church. Would you pray for me, a dear friend of mine? Pray to pray about that. The war is escalating, it seems, in the Middle East, and we have a, a grandson's, a, a granddaughter's husband who is deployed in Kuwait right now. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. I, uh, I'm glad for folks who come from foreign countries legally to this country. But it seems like that our Walmart is full of people that don't belong here or not legal. I, I would love to see a ministry started. I started a ministry to Hispanics in uh, Irmo, South Carolina. And when some of those guys got saved, they went back because they said, now my convicted my heart. I need to go back. I need to, to be a, a legal citizen coming across that border. In all of that and all that's going on in our country, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. Linda uh, went the other day to put some clothes in the clothes dryer. The dryer is only 18 years old. It, um, the clothes didn't get dry. The dryer was broken. Thank the Lord that our, her son came over and put a heating element in it. Um, I couldn't use the hammer on it. <laughs> but I did touch the back of it while it was on, and, uh, and I got a, if I had hit both sides of that 220 with my fingers at the same time, uh, I might not be here to preach today, but I, I hit one side of it on the 110, and it buzzed me, and I started singing that song, You Light Up My Life. And then, uh, <laughs> rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. There are people, there are things that you're going through within the last month. Somebody called me and said, my child is now says they're transgender. Another we saw in a church recently, uh, Somebody that we had poured our life into as a teenage girl uh, taught the word of God. And she says she's lesbian now and she identifies as a furry animal. Wears these ears to church now. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. I don't know what you're going through. Sickness humidifier at home cut off the sink is stopped up a mouse ran across the floor uh, I don't know what all but guess what rejoice in the Lord always and again I say rejoice as I say that verse over and over and over and over again as God reminds me about it notice he said in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 2 the theme is rejoicing or joy of these four chapters, here he is, Paul's in prison. He is in prison and he tells these people to be joyful or to, to rejoice. And he said in chapter 2 and verse 2, we've already preached on this, fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. And several times through this book, he has said something about joyfulness 
or rejoicing or joy. He said in chapter 3 and verse 1, he said, finally, and this was not concluding the book. We still had 40-something verses left in the book of Philippians, but it was something to say uh, like uh, uh, Paul Harvey, now the rest of the story. He said, finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. And in chapter 3 and verse 1, he finally puts in the Lord with it because our rejoicing is not in circumstances, it's not in relationships, it's not in people, it's not in things. It's rejoicing in the Lord. And over in chapter 4 where we are in verse 4, he says that again. And he's saying it, he's already now said it in chapter 3 and verse 1, now he's repeating it again. And he says it twice in this one verse. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. In our church, I entitled this message, Is Your Joy and Gentleness Showing? Is Your Joy and Gentleness Showing? I told you that uh, I, Dave Pate, Josh Pate's dad, said he doesn't read books, he just reads book titles. And uh, he, uh, anyway, at the Wiles, there's a little book I bought. Uh, several years ago. It's entitled, Your Reactions Are Showing. Your Reactions Are Showing. And I looked at this passage of scripture and it told me that I'm to be rejoicing or joyful. And then it says in verse five, let your moderation, that word literally means gentleness or forbearance. How we, even when people mistreat us, that we are still going through without revenge or grudges or leaning toward forgiveness as God does. Let your moderation be known unto all men. Other people are watching. Let your moderation, your gentleness or forbearance be known unto all men. It says the Lord is at hand. He's coming back. It could be soon. And remember that he is working to conform us to the image of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And joy and gentleness are a part of the fruit of the spirit, of being controlled by the spirit of God from Galatians chapter five, verses 22 and 23. Here he gives us in verse four, a command. It's an imperative. It's actually in the present tense. Keep on rejoicing. He is commanding us to rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Again, it's not related to our circumstances. Happiness is related to happenings. Joy is related to a relationship with the Lord who's in charge. Paul has already said in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 10 that I may know him. The power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his suffering, being made conformable unto his death. He already knew him in salvation, but he said, I want to get to know God better. I want to know my Lord. And so he's building, as these ladies sang about, he is Lord of Lord, the winds and waves obey him. I can trust him. He's sovereign. He's in control. And as we get to know God better, in every circumstance of life, he can cause us to have joy, not in that circumstance, but joy in the Lord. Joy in him and a relationship with him. Here at our church where we find ourselves, and I noticed uh, 
couple of weeks ago, I said our church, and people at the back said, Preacher, do you realize what you said? You said our church, and I said, yeah. I mean, we, we've come to love this place and be a part of this family, and we're delighted to do so. But realizing that now the search process for a new pastor, we're, we're past the five-month mark now, taken a little longer than what uh, was anticipated. Don't know what all what God has. I'm thankful for the pulpit committee. I'm glad for the names that they uh, have and, and what's going to be happening. But even in the midst of that, you and I are to rejoice. It's taken, preacher, it's taken longer than two months we thought it was going to take. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. No matter what our circumstances, you have your own list of things that have happened probably over and over again. We were brought a chair back from Whiteville uh, the other day and we put it on our back porch and uh, screened in uh, Florida windows on a, on a enclosed back porch. And we said, we're going to take that thing into the house this week because it was going to go where we had the Christmas tree. Took the Christmas tree down and then guess what? The chair wouldn't fit through the door. I mean, you've had that before. A chair wouldn't fit through the door. Are we going to take the door down? Or are we going to go around when it's bad weather and we're going to go through the front door? We decided to take it through the front door with Linda's son, Josh, while he was fixing the dryer, helped me carry the, the chair around. But I, when the chair wouldn't fit through the door, I had already been studying on this text. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. First Thessalonians chapter 5, and beginning in verse 16, are some short little verses there, powerful passages in short little verses. First Thessalonians chapter 5, beginning in verse 16, it says, here's two words, just like Jesus wept. Here's two words. Rejoice evermore. Same theme. He's telling another church now, the church at Thessalonica. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. And then this verse. In everything. When I think of the word always and, and times we're to rejoice now in everything, give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. Concerning you. Mary, when it, the announcement that she was going to have a child, and we find that recorded in Luke chapter 1, verse 47, the magnificent, the song that she sings. In Mary's song, she says, My soul doth rejoice in God, my Savior. Mary needed a Savior just like everybody else needed a Savior. But she says, My soul rejoices in God my Savior. Psalm 33, verse 1, Rejoice in the Lord, O ye righteous, for praise is comely, or it's fitting for the upright. Psalm 35, verse 9, And my soul shall be joyful in the Lord. It, which refers to my soul, it shall rejoice in his salvation. Nehemiah, chapter 8, and verse 10, The joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. 
as I look at this text and realize that over and over again, he's telling us to rejoice or to be joyful. And yet, how many times do I say, am I supposed to be joyful in this circumstance? And yet he says, always, I say, rejoice. You and I are commanded to rejoice in him, not in a circumstance, not in what's going on around us, to rejoice in my God. Not easy, but he gives us the grace and to perform what he has said is necessary. We have a confident trust, a confidence in faith, in his control, in his love, in his working for our good and for his glory. The longer we live the Christian life and the more we work to get to know him and have a higher view of a great God, you and I can rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. A.W. Tozer in his book, The Knowledge of the Holy, he says the knowledge of God is the key to rejoicing. The knowledge of God is the key to rejoicing. Some people's view of God is that God is little and he doesn't have much power to him. And therefore, they go through the circumstances they go through and they said, how can I rejoice in this? But when our view of God is big, and he is a big God, our view of God is big and he's powerful and he knows what he's doing, he's in control, then you and I can go through those circumstances and rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say, rejoice. We are commanded to rejoice here in this text. Paul in prison is saying it over and over again. Our world, our, what we, you and I are going through, the evils of this world, the political things of this world, realizing that our God is sovereign. We see much sorrow we see much disease. We see much that's going on that would cause the, the average person to not have joy at all. But I, as we looked at today in our discipleship class, you and I that when we go through death or we have somebody that, that passes away, we sorrow not as others which have no hope. How can we even... Uh, have an inward joy in when something tragic is going on around about us because we know the God who's in charge. We have a relationship with him. We're not rejoicing in that circumstance. We're rejoicing in the Lord and who he is, what he has done, and what he's going to do. Ron Hamilton wrote the song that we sang, Rejoice in the Lord. He found out he had cancer in the eye. They had to remove the eye, put the patch over his eye. He became Patch the Pirate, wrote all the songs. Then he got uh, Alzheimer's dementia. And as you know, last year passed away. Shelley did a great job taking care of him down in Florida. But that news of the cancer in the eye was not something for him to be sorrowful over. He wrote the song in the hospital, Rejoice in the Lord, He Makes No Mistakes. Not rejoicing in his circumstance, not rejoicing that his eye was going to have to be removed, but rejoicing in the Lord. Our view of God determines whether or not you and I can rejoice in him. 
we see God as the big God who is in charge. You and I can stand for him, as we've told last week. We preached on the first couple of verses of Philippians chapter 4 that we're to stand fast in the Lord. You and I can stand fast in the Lord. We cannot go wobbly if we rejoice always in the Lord. And again, he says, rejoice. And then verse 5, he tells us here in verse 5 that you and I are to let our moderation, or that I said the word uh, means gentleness or forbearance. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. It could describe our, our self-control, our our sweet reasonableness, our gentleness, which is a part of the fruit of the Spirit, our generosity, our friendliness, our big-heartedness, our forbearance, where we put up with other people, as I say, warts and all, a graciousness, a, a leaning toward forgiveness, even when we have been wrong, when there's been injustice or mistreatment, that we could do it without bitterness our desire for revenge. That's what this word moderation means. With a sweet, contented spirit, the opposite of self-love. We no longer live unto ourselves, but we live for the one who died for us and rose again, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 15. We're not trying to get back or get even or hope that somebody else gets hurt. It's not about my rights or myself love for myself. It's not all about me because all of that causes instability. It causes instability in our life. Yes, we will go wobbly in our Christian life if life revolves around me. Let your gentleness, your forbearance, your sweetness of spirit, your exerting of the Fruit of the Spirit, be known unto all men. Other people are watching. The other people are watching our joy in the midst of circumstances. Other people are watching our gentleness in the midst of circumstances. And he says he ends that with, the Lord is at hand. <laughs> His coming is soon. He's coming back. And we ought to be resting in him. Resting in him. I'm very thankful today that as we look at the, these two verses, it, it changes our, the whole, our whole life. I mean, people will be able to say, is that the same person I knew last year? This is somebody that can rejoice in the Lord and in the midst of their circumstances, not rejoicing in their circumstances, but in their God. They make much of their God. They're getting to know him. That doesn't seem to be the same person. There's a gentleness about them now. They're leaning forward toward forgiveness now. They're exhibiting the fruit of the Spirit. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, rejoice. Let your moderation or gentleness or forbearance be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. As I thought about this, I thought about the Apostle Paul and what he said in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And I'd like for you to turn there with me. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Some good verses to underline in your Bible would be this passage of scripture that we're going to be looking at. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 8. 
Think of all that Paul went through. He describes all of that in this chapter, and he says in verse 8, we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, and that, that's probably going to increase for us in America, by the way. Persecuted, but not forsaken. We are cast down, but not destroyed. And then over in verse 16. For which cause, he said, we faint not. That words, those words, we faint not, literally means we don't lose heart. We don't lose heart. No matter what's going on around us, we don't lose heart. But though our outward man perish, we're dying. Our outward man perish. He says our inward man is renewed day by day. We are, we're getting to know God. Our thinking has changed. Our minds are being renewed. As it says in Romans chapter 12, our thinking about God and life and circumstances are changing so that we can have a different outlook on life. Verse 17, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment. And when we're going through difficult times, we don't call it light affliction. But he, here he is, he's being stoned and beaten and imprisoned and all kinds of things done to Paul. And he calls it light affliction. He said here, our light affliction which is but for a moment. There's going to be an end to it. It worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. He's using that to make us more like gold as we sang about in the song Rejoice in the Lord, Ron Hamilton wrote. He's working in us to conform us to the image of Christ. Verse 18, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, they pass away. The things which are not seen are eternal. For God is working in us to conform us to his image that we might bring glory to him. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. Our rejoicing is showing. And then let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Our gentleness and our forbearance. Why? Others are watching. And they're watching in us at what God is doing in our lives so that God could be glorified through us. Let's bow for prayer. Father, some of these easy texts, the words are simple to read. But Lord, we realize that God, you're working using these the very word of God by the spirit of God and taking the circumstances of this life, sometimes difficult circumstances, to make us more like yourself. I pray that we would, by the grace of God, follow the command to rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And other people are watching we're not doing it for other people. We're doing it for the Lord. But Lord, other people are watching. 
Help them to see what God can do in a life by the Word of God and Spirit of God changing us. That our gentleness, our forbearance, our forgiveness would be seen by others realizing that Jesus is coming back soon. Father, I pray that you'd do a work in my heart, in the hearts of these dear folks here at our church at Crossroads, and show yourself to be strong. Thank you for your grace that's sufficient, for your blood that forgives us, and for the book that's true from cover to cover. And we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.